0: Hi, Asheel. Hi, Michael. You, you and I up here together. Now, that's an interesting conversation.
1: <laughs> Why is it interesting? We're all together.
0: <laughs> A few weeks ago, Jay talked to me, and he was coming up with the idea of this series. And it involved Mary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It involved Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. It involved Anna.
1: The women of Christmas. And we had an opportunity, I
0: think,
1: to
0: pick. And so I was telling Jay, hey, give us Santa. Because I was remembering like two or three verses.
1: Two verses, I think.
0: Two or three verses. And I shared that with you. Yes, what, you did. What
1: was your first reaction? I was like, two verses. How, what are we going to say about two verses?
0: And then we got into it.
1: We did. And prayed. What happened? Did some research. And God just started revealing, you know, layer upon layer of her story. And God is very cool. He is. Very faithful.
0: And I think earlier I happened to catch a glimpse of Anna in the temple. Did you? I did.
1: Probably. I mean, she's always in the temple.
0: Check and see. Should I go look for her? All right. See if she's wrong. So while Sheila is looking for Anna, let's refresh our memory about this particular time. So I'm going to read from the J.B. Phillips translation in the book of Luke. At the end of eight days, the time came for circumcising the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before his conception. When the purification time, stipulated by the law of Moses, was completed, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This was to fulfill requirement of the law of the Lord. Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. They also offered the sacrifice prescribed by the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In Jerusalem there was at this time a man by the name of Simeon. He was an upright man devoted to the service of God, living in expectation of the restoration of Israel. His heart was open to the Holy Spirit And it had been revealed to him that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ. He had been led by the Spirit to go into the temple. And when Jesus' parents brought the child in to have done to him what the law required, he took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Now, Lord, you are dismissing your servant in peace, as you promised. For with my own eyes I have seen your salvation, which you have made ready for all peoples to see. A light to show truth to the Gentiles and bring glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were still amazed at what was said about him when Simeon gave them his blessing. He said to Mary, the child's mother, This child is destined to make many fall and many rise in Israel and to set up a standard which many will attack, for he will expose the secret thoughts of many hearts. And for you... Your very soul will be pierced by a sword. There was also present Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, who was a prophetess. She was a very old woman, having had seven years married life and was now a widow of 84. She spent her whole life in the temple and worshipped God night and day with fastings and prayers. She came up at this very moment Praise God and spoke about Jesus to all those in Jerusalem who were expecting (laughs) redemption. So, we're going to set the stage a little bit. We're going to put on some Hebrew music. And while that music is playing, we'll hope to see Anna.
1: everyone, my name is Anna, and I've been asked to come here today and share my story with you. And my story wound up being the greatest love story ever told. A long, long, long time ago, when I was just a girl living in my papa's home, I dreamed of the day that I would get married and have babies. And in God's time, he brought a fine young man who took me as his wife, and we were really happy together. and It was really beautiful. But seven years later, tragedy. I was left a widow. My heart was broken. It was broken, and I cried forever, it seemed. And I was a little angry with God, too, because I couldn't understand why. Why would he take my husband? I had been obedient. I had lived according to the law. My heart was very sad for a long, long time. And then some of my girlfriends started telling me, Anna, you should be praying for a new husband. But that was not where my heart was led. My heart felt that my maker was my husband. And so I moved into the temple where I lived for the rest of my days. I devoted my life to worshiping God in prayer and in (laughs) fasting And more prayer and more fasting. And I did this day after day. I lived a very simple life of obedience and devotion to God. And the days turned into years and the years turned into decades. I prayed and I kept believing for Messiah. God had promised that he was sending Messiah. And that was the prayer of my heart, that Messiah would come and that the hearts of the remnant would stand strong as they were waiting for Messiah. And that people's hearts who were closed to this truth would be opened. So I continued on in prayer. And there were, there were days when I was either feeling sick or I was overtired. I was just very sad and lonely. When the tempter came and he whispered to my heart his lies, And he told me, this story about a Messiah coming, you believe that? You're giving up your whole life to live in the temple and pray about this? It's not even true. God isn't even real. But at those moments when the enemy came haunting my soul, I pressed in further to God. And I sang to him in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs because God inhabits the praises of his people. There was another day, too, I remember. It was, it was on the anniversary um, of, of my wedding, and I was very, very sad, very blue that day. I was really missing my husband. And, and God spoke softly to my heart, and he reminded me that my papa's name, Phanuel, my papa from the tribe of Asher, his name, Phanuel, means face of God. Just like in the scripture from the book of Numbers, Um, I will shine my face upon you and be gracious unto you. And even my name, Anna, means favor or grace. And it was like God was telling me, you know, he saw my sadness. He knew my heart. But he was telling me, I have favored you. And I will continue to favor you. So I continued steadfast. People came and people went in the temple over the years. And I just continued to pray and continued to believe. And I waited for Messiah to come. And then one day, one day when I was 84 years old, on a day that began just like any other day, in prayer, with fasting, I heard my good friend Simeon, and he was talking. Now, Simeon was a righteous man and a wonderful good friend and a strong brother in the Lord. But, but this day, there was something different about the tone of his voice. It was filled with this, this awe and this reverence. And I had to see what he was talking about, so I left my rooms. I went into the temple proper, and there I found him talking with this young couple. And she had a baby in her arms. And as I got closer to where they were, I heard Simeon's prophetic blessing upon this child's life. And immediately, immediately my heart knew. I knew that this was Messiah, that the long-awaited Redemption of Jerusalem had come, the salvation for all of us. I gazed upon this baby as he was sleeping in his mother Mary's arms, this beautiful little face. And as I looked at him, he fluttered open his eyes and he gazed directly into my own eyes. And as he did, as his eyes met mine, I will never forget that moment because it was This love that entered my heart, unlike any love I had ever known in my entire life. This peace that surpassed all understanding. This joy, unspeakable, filled my heart. And all I could do was praise and thank God. Thank you, Lord. Every single prophetic utterance in your holy word has come true. And from that day on, I continued in prayer. I continued in fasting. But I went forward, and anybody who would listen, I told them, Messiah has come. He is real. He is alive. His name is Jesus Christ. And he has come for every single one of us. The redemption of Jerusalem, the salvation of every single soul on this planet. And just like all the prophetic utterances in the Old Testament were proven true with the birth of this tiny baby, all the, prophetic, the prophecies in the New Testament, they will come true. Because Messiah is coming again. And so this beautiful Christmas story that we have of this tiny little baby born on that silent night in that cave with the star shining bright overhead, the baby who grew up to be a man who worked with his hands as a carpenter, who lived a pure and obedient life before God, who climbed the hill to the place of the skull and stretched out his arms so that the nails could go through his hands. He did it all in love. He did it all for each one of us. This this is the heart of the Christmas story. And it is true. Believe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Words to add to, uh, to Anna's message to us. I enjoyed it very much. There was just a few facts about Anna. One, she was a prophetess. A female prophet, the human vocal cords of the living God, at a time when God would choose to speak to us through men and women. She was old. She was very old, 84. She was a widow. She was familiar with relational loss. And although we used our imagination that God gave us, we couldn't help but think of Anna as a compassionate woman. And that this loss that she had experienced, so personal, so deep, had added timber to that compassion. And she was a worshiper. Her worship was constant. And it was in the form of fastings and prayers. And she comes up. She perhaps heard Simeon's voice. And she comes up. It says at that very moment. Which made us think about God's timing. In the affairs of our life. At that very moment. How long had Anna perhaps waited and looked for this Messiah, this Deliverer, this Redeemer of Israel. And it brought to my mind a short passage of Scripture in Romans that talks about waiting. It talks about hoping. In our moments of impatience, let us remember that hope always means waiting for something we haven't yet got. But if we hope for something we cannot see, then we must settle down to wait for it in patience. And I can't help but think that in heaven, there must still be some need for patience. It is such a component of character that God is working so diligently in each of us to develop. I cannot imagine it would be wasted, but has some eternal benefit for us. So she came up at that very moment, and she praised God. And that is a translation from a Greek word that has a lot more to do with professing and confessing and acknowledging in the presence of. She sees this child in every part of her, agrees with God, confesses with God, acknowledges in the presence of God. This is the one. This is the Christ. And she spoke about Jesus. What might she have said about him? What might she have said about Jesus? To be sure, it may have included, this is the one that we have been waiting for. This is the long-promised Messiah. This is God with us. God with us. His advent, His coming. And it makes all the difference that He came. It is not a God that is far off, that we can only read about, that has some sort of code of ethics we can subscribe to, but a God who came. A God who came in human flesh. A God that was tempted in every way like we are, yet didn't sin. A God who came because... His Father wanted Him to come. A God who came to reveal His Father. And as I've said before, I am so amazed and so taken away by the Gospels. Because even John the Baptist said, you know, I wouldn't have recognized Him. I wouldn't have recognized Him. But the One who told me that when the dove comes down and remains on this, this is the Son of God... That helped me. And so as I read both the Old Testament and the New Testament, I am always filtering it through the Gospels. Because Jesus came to reveal the Father to me. And to reveal the Father to us. And that has been a reliable filter, because there are aspects in the Old Testament and the New Testament that are so very, very challenging, so very, very difficult. And in our humanness, I think we have a little bit of a tendency sometimes to look at it apart from the compelling love of God. And there is nothing that God does, nothing that He says, that is distant from His love. So she speaks about Him. And His advent, His coming makes all the difference. And she speaks about Him. To all those in Jerusalem who were expecting redemption, what are we expecting? And what sort of redemption are we looking for? And certainly at that time, as we're familiar with, the Romans were in control of that part of the world. And so there was a lot of expectation That the Messiah would come and would uh, get the Romans out of there. And Israel would be a free nation once again. But I think that Anna was the sort of person that could see far deeper, far higher than that. And as I think about what I would like, what I am expecting, I want to be made Good. And when I think about Jesus, He came not only to forgive sins and the consequences of sins, because if only our consequences were forgiven, and yet we lived forever as we are, it, I wouldn't want to continue living forever as the Michael Kimball that I am. I want to be good as Jesus is good, as God is good, as He intended for us to be. To be made good, just as He is good. We want to be what God created us to be. We want to love and be loved. And we want to be home. I want to get home. Sooner or later, I want to get home. And so the last thing that I want to share is a little bit of the 21st chapter of Revelation, thinking that perhaps... Anna had this ability to see down the road ways, and perhaps caught a glimpse of some of what I'm going to read. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first Earth had disappeared, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem. Descending from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, dressed in beauty for her husband. Then I heard a great voice from the throne crying, See, the home of God is with man, and he will live among them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, and never again shall there be sorrow or crying or pain. For all those former things are past and gone. Then he who was seated upon the throne said, See, I am making all things new. And he added, Write this down, for my words are true and to be trusted. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the thirsty, water without price, from the fountain of life. The victorious shall inherit these things, and I will be God to him, and he will be son, and she will be daughter to me. So if you will cue up the last song and just give ourselves a moment or two to listen to the words of this song.